Geeks! Geeks! Hello and welcome back to Geeks, the world's number one entertainment show podcast thing recorded live in these rooms. All I'm your above. host, Al White, and joining me for our very first fireside chat, just us two, is yes. Shannon Mulder. Hello. Welcome to the fireside. <laughs> Although, if you were listening, yeah, to what was that one that we did? Chopping Mall? Uh, the Chopping Mall, yes, yes, yes. Turned into a rambling, like Katie had to leave in the last five minutes. <laughs> we just rambled on. And it was I don't even great. Know what we're, honestly, I have no recollection about what we we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm sure it was absolutely nothing of any importance uh, and that no one will care about, much like what this podcast might be. But fireside chats, they're great. I like them. I know we put them in person because uh, then you can feel the warmth of the fire. Right. But I like that you can just like, you don't have to worry about a third person sort of thinking about like judging you <laughs> and needing to have extra opinions. <laughs> Stupid things like this. Yep. Uh, no, it's we're, only we're, our opinions that matter in this moment. Go fuck yourself if you have <laughs> other ones. That's <laughs> true. I mean, I put out I put out a thing on our uh, Weird Geeks chat that we have on the old WhatsApp, and no one really got back because we just wanted to talk about Birds of Prey, and no one had really seen it in our group. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we're it. Yes. Um, which is definitely something we will be talking about, um, and that's one of the things we want to discuss. And then the Oscars happened to happen last night. I'll be honest, I forgot about them until yesterday morning, and then I woke up, <laughs> and my entire Twitter feed was everyone fucking talking about it. I was like, oh, God, now I have to deal with this. I mean, I um, am currently but- in L.A., so you cannot avoid the Oscars in L.A. The in la the it is the only time and probably the only place in the world where people are like uh collectively the oscars even though it's an industry for it but it causes so much traffic in hollywood <laughs> like it's just its own nightmare and i kind of love it next year can we just put up big pictures of your face around la and just say for yes. your consideration oh my god yes yes you know what annoy- that's what annoys me the most i mean a lot annoys me about the oscars and i just want to be clear we wouldn't be covering it to moan about it because we never cover it because i don't see the point in moaning <laughs> about stuff like that um uh, but some positive things happened last night so yeah. we do want to cover it um but yeah well, my my biggest just grievance about living in la is yeah oscar season and you just see all these fucking posters yep. for films that cost you know million tens of millions yep. hundreds of millions of dollars whatever and then say for your consideration it's like, oh as if I hadn't considered you right? as potentially a film that came out this year. Every film is for your fucking consideration. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Just it because is. you spent more marketing money on it doesn't mean you get to be considered more. But unfortunately, it does. Yep. yep. Um, Netflix, and- by the way, snubbed. Um, but anyway, before we get into all that stuff, we are going to talk about Oscars and then we're going to talk about Birds of Prey. Um, we're doing it which all. We want to talk about our opinions, but we also just want to talk about... I want to talk with you, Shannon, because... Yeah. You're a woman. I am. I am. Cool. That is Confirmed. what the doctor has said that and James can confirm it. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only those two people. <laughs> right. Know the truth. Can confirm. Even Shannon's unsure, but she said outside experts. I confirm. have. I have. I've, I've consulted multiple people um, and well, I can well, say that that two is, is barely multiple, but it is, I guess. I just, guess. Yeah, it's it um. Yeah, no, I thought it'd be good. At least then we have, you know, a 50-50 split because I don't think it matters. But on, <laughs> but there are certain things to do with Birds of Prey. I think it's important that we have a female and a male voice on it. Yeah. Um, because every female voice and every male voice is different. That's right. So, We're all unique know. little butterflies. Yeah. We could just be two, like, incredibly, you know, gender 
racist just uh-huh. like uh-huh. you know on one side of the wall but just because we're from different genders people go oh interesting yeah a hundred percent no 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 we're both white supremacists right uh-huh. oh look at that rat tat hat they have going on i see i see uh, anyway, all right, before we get to all of that fun, if this hasn't convinced you to listen to more of our diatribes, then please go to Weird Geeks and uh, subscribe to us. Rate us, do all of that fun stuff. We're doing horror stuff every single Friday. I said yeah. stuff too many times. Yeah, God damn it. You really are. Uh, <laughs> There's stuff I'm really not in the mood. happening, people. <laughs> <laughs> not in the mood. I just played a long game of Apex and it went terribly wrong. Oh, no. Uh, oh, <laughs> that's no. I texting you. I need a minute. Um... <laughs> Uh, although I made a friend because he just sent me a little friend request to play again, which is nice. always nice when you play with nice. someone. They're like, "Oh, I enjoy playing with you," mm-hmm. and we didn't even talk. Never talk. <laughs> what are we what are we talking about? Um, yeah, so <laughs> we do stuff. horror stuff. We it's d- happening. Who knows? <laughs> what just went up? Actually, uh, sort of one that just went up. You got a little peek for chopping mall next week. Um, <clears throat> we just had the initiation went up. We got phenomena coming out this mm-hmm, weekend. Mm-hmm, Very excited. Mm-hmm. So good. Lots of different views and opinions in these. So uh, please listen to them. And you can go back. We've got about five hundred different series. You can just wade right. through <laughs> as we talk for far longer than any of the actual films are. Right. Some Anyone of them that's new the- might might like go five hundred. You can't possibly have five hundred different. No, the, you're Prove it. Pro- legitimately close to it. I feel like. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> um, so yeah, now that you've done that, thank you. All right, mm-hmm. the Oscars. Now, all right. Um, obviously, let's just go through the list. Here. I've brought up the list here. Mm-hmm. Um, I am intrigued just to hear from. Again, we're not going to go into what we actually thought should win because most. Let's it's, be honest. Yeah. Like, I'm very happy many of these things won. The films we probably wanted to actually win the most prestigious award in film are probably never going to be nominated by the Oscars mm-hmm, or by the Academy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but from the ones that they did, again, I'm going to put aside all my gripes with the Oscars, all that grumblings, because it's, you know, obviously it's a big political system. Obviously mm-hmm, there's a lot of mm-hmm. voting. Um, obviously even positive things like the thing that happened yesterday probably had some terrible political reasons behind oh, them. Oh, yes. Yes. But still, a positive is a positive, right? Yeah. Um, I'll take it. That's what my doctor told me. Um, So (laughs) let's look through some of these lists. And what I hate doing this. I hate doing a what's the important ones because like hair and makeup is important. Bombshell won that, by the way. Yes, they did. Um, I barely even heard of Bombshell. What? I mean, I have heard of it, but outside of LA, I don't think that that was a big film. Was it? Um, Or America, at least. I mean, I don't know because I don't have the box office numbers and things like that. I... I liked the film. I think it had like such star power and things like that in it and that it's a thing. However, I don't think it's making as big a waves as one would have hoped. Did we talk about it in our end of year review? Uh, Barely, because by the time we got to bombshell releasing, all of our brains had (laughs) melted into one. And there if wa- you do want to hear what we wanted to actually, you know, what we think were the best films for right. all these categories, basically, yeah, go and listen to our five hour or whatever it is Correct. podcast that just went up last week. I yeah, we do week. have a podcast for you. <laughs> that is ridiculousness. Anyway, all right. So best of all now, today, uh, Brad Pitt won that for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. That's his first time, isn't it, winning an Oscar? It is. It I is think. his first Oscar. And, you know, I think this is a, like, he's great in once upon a time in hollywood i enjoyed his character it's fun all the things out of the 
peop- other people that were nominated alongside of him. Do I think it is the best supporting actor performance? Not necessarily. However, this is, I feel like it's one of those, like, the career Oscar, essentially. Like, yes, Brad Pitt is worthy. Yeah. yeah <laughs> if you yeah. will. Well, I think everyone just kind of fell in love with him again. Yeah. In this film. I think that's the 100%. thing. 100%. Kind of like, isn't he wonderful? Uh, whereas, yeah, on the flip side of that, your best supporting actress is Laura Dern for Marriage Story. And that's, uh, you know, um, a very different well again i guess i guess similar in a way yeah. <laughs> it's like we all fell in love with laura dern again a hundred percent i think she does a great job marriage story i don't know if it's like it didn't blow me away or anything but she has that speech which i think oh, resonated a lot for a yes. lot of people so. I, I mean that speech was absolutely fantastic and laura dern i think it is also like you're giving her an oscar for her career you know um because she is consistently great good to great and everything i always love me some laura dern and all and if you haven't seen it you should a hundred percent look up the gay men's uh choir from the independent spirit awards where they do a medley of all the moments in movies this year that you didn't know were gay and it ends <laughs> just with them a laura dern in this laura dern it's so amazing <laughs> Laura Dern dressing slutty to the core. It's so good. I highly recommend. Um, All right. I'm going to ask you a question. Yes. Uh, Okay. Terminologies. Actor, actress. I know lots of actresses want to be called actor. Mm -hmm. What is your stance on this? I have always called myself an actor. Um, And I have had many men, uh, both inside and outside the industry, correct me to say actress, to which I my response is always, uh, yes, I am also an actress, but the profession is an actor. That I am acting, I am an actor. I, if you want to, I don't, I hate the, I, I hate feminizing or genderizing something. So to me, actor is the basis. Actress is you making a feminine version of it. And I just find it unnecessary. We are all actors. <laughs> So how do you feel then about having the two categories at the Oscars? Do you think it's good because it spreads it out and allows people to have a fair chance? Like women have always had their own, you know, chance mm-hmm. to get awards, basically. Otherwise, the Warriors maybe for decades, they would have been snubbed. Or do you feel that it should just be best actor and maybe have more people in nomination than just five? Uh, I like them being separated for the reason you just said, that especially... 20 years ago, if it wasn't, there would have never been an actress nominated for fucking anything, right? And uh, so separating it into actor and actress makes sense to me only so that we can make sure that we are lifting up just as many women as we are men. Otherwise, by virtue of the fact that men get offered bigger, better, and more roles (laughs) than women, there's just more space for them. Um, paid a lot more money too and they're paid a lot more money for them so by virtue of the fact that it's we need space to acknowledge women in this industry i am happy to see that it's separated however is it necessary no okay okay yeah that was always the stupid irony for me with hollywood even growing up you're just like Hollywood, you know, sells all of its movies on sex and females, basically. <laughs> yeah. But then women were getting half as much money than the men were. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, and you're going to ask... literally... Yeah, you're going to ask a woman to do so many more things than you are... Um, like, women are always... We all have to have nudity clauses and things like that that we discuss with our people immediately. You don't 
I know so many men that have never even had that conversation um, with their representatives. It just there's both more hoops to jump through as a woman in this industry and less opportunity. Um, so if we need to separate categories in order to have greater visibility, then I'm all for it. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. That's going to play easy into... That was a loaded question, Shannon. Great. That has implications for later in this. Great. Um, Perfect. There's no, there I are will no accept my consequences. <laughs> um, well, on that, best actress, Renee Zellweger for Judy. Yes. Listen, <clears throat> this is a classic a case fan. of a bad movie, but like ultimately she's the best of a, a relatively weak category to some degree. Well, we had Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, Scarlett right. Johansson for Marriage Stories. Um, I never know you say a name. Saoirse Ronan? Uh, Saoirse Ronan for Saoirse. Little Women and Charlize Theron for Bombshell. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I Renee Zellweger was the hands-down winner in this category. You could tell from her freaking press tour she was on. <laughs> like, there's no way she's not winning this. If for no other reason then she is the hardest job right judy garland is so well known we all know who judy garland is it's very difficult to play a real huge historical figure like that charlie Theron was doing it in bombshell but you know who really gives a crap about megan kelly um, i didn't even know she existed yeah um Han, has matthew mcgahonahay won an oscar as well yes he won for dallas buyers club does that mean now they can relaunch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Four, the next generation, yes. with, with Oscar two winners. Oscar winners? Potentially. <laughs> That's <ridiculous>. Potentially. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest. It's, I haven't seen Judy, so I can't judge it. I've, I'll be honest. I've never loved a Renee a performance, um, but I have not either. And I saw Judy. It's a bad movie. It's just it's straight up not a good movie. She is great as Judy Garland. Okay. Her performance is is transcendent. I think it is a the only reason to see the movie is for her performance. Otherwise, there's do you remember no who, point. Do you remember who we all wanted in our movie podcast? For to best win actress? Best Actress? Not, again, uh, for the Oscars, but just our, like, who we thought was the best. I completely forgot that. I think everyone, uh, I think it was Florence Pugh. Lots of people were. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that wasn't my personal choice, but I was fine going with it. Because I do think she's excellent. In, uh, who was Florence your Pugh. personal choice? As I mean, I don't remember. Doesn't oh. matter. Go back to that podcast. Gotcha. I was just trying to remember. Gotcha. I mean, I also, I loved Scarlett Johansson and Marriage Story. Um, I thought she was fantastic. Wasn't it you who pointed out to me, though? Was it you? I feel like it was to do with the hands. What? Uh Uh-huh. So uh, there was a female who pointed out to me, they were like, they thought she was great in it, but they said just when they see that scene of her and Adam Driver building into the argument, like he's using everything around him. Like right. everything, like so many different types of body language, and she's just using her hands, basically. I think it time. was, yeah, I, I think that was, it was either Katie or Allie, I think, that mentioned that in the okay. podcast, and that's totally true. And I also have a huge problem, like, everyone was like, oh my God, they did this scene, and, and like, it's a, such a long take, and she has this big monologue where she has to, like, walk and cry and all these things. And I'd be like, yeah, have you ever seen a fucking play? <laughs> you had to remember lines oh she needed to consistently act for 10 minutes <laughs> holy shit blow your mind let's not to say that it's not difficult to do that it is that is no small feat but it's not like you're re- like that's, yeah, yeah that's you, your job <laughs> exactly it's your job you didn't create fire <laughs> yeah 
no and this is i mean at the end of the day this is my big problem with the oscars it's like when i, I what's what really upsets me is when i see everyone and i get it you know people want to have fun but when i see yeah. everyone like getting all dressed up and they all go out to like the thing and having all the photos right. and a red carpet and everyone's looking beautiful it's like you're all so fucking lucky <laughs> to do mm-hmm. a really wonderful job that is much harder than people realize like it takes a lot more from you emotionally it takes yeah. a lot more from you psychologically all of these things but i don't care whether you're acting directing writing you know, doing the music whatever you're doing it's exhausting but yes. it's an incredible job that everybody is privileged to do and then we have this day where everyone gets to like walk out and be like no i'm really 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 special and yeah. here's how extra special i am <laughs> and it really annoys me it's like no if anything you should have a day where we all just you know you, you feel you know humble and yeah. you look at the world around you and you have to be forced to go and interact with people who don't make millions for every single two months work they do well and i you know and i think that's also why like i appreciated brad pitt's little speech where uh, he was like, the, I am a once upon a time in Hollywood, like, story. You know what I mean? And embracing what that is. Because, um, yeah. I, yep. What the basis of it, it's supposed to be a celebration of film, but also about showcasing, in my opinion, showcasing new and different voices. And so whenever you have the Irishman nominated for a million fucking things, like, you aren't showcasing new and different voices. <laughs> and that's well, whenever I mean- it's fucking it got, annoying. It got very much snubbed to be fair. Yeah, it did. Which was it because of the film or was it because of Netflix? Probably because of Netflix. I don't know. I, I, um, yeah, I think a little calm, a little calm be. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not a fan actually of, of, of The Irishman, but Me most people either. are. Um, best actor, Mr. Phoenix, of course, yes. for The Joker. Uh, the second time The Joker has won the Oscar, the only time sadly the, the actor's been alive to actually collect the award. Mm-hmm. Um, and although someone on Twitter is telling me that I'm wrong in this, it, this means everyone who's ever played a live action uh, movie version of the Joker has won an Oscar. Not for the Joker necessarily, but all of these actors. Oh, that they won an Oscar. Yeah, Jared Leto has. Um, and uh, what's his face has as well. Jack uh, Nicholson. Jack Nicholson has, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only but two times that a comic book character has won the Oscar, both have been the Joker. Correct. Yes. And like. Listen, you can listen to our year-end best movies of 2019 podcast because I go into it there. Joaquin Phoenix is great in this film. I have a huge problem with elevating an actor like Joaquin Phoenix, who is so well-known. And he addressed it in his speech, to his credit, um, for being the fucking worst. Because only white men in this industry can get away with that fucking behavior on set. And he's terrible. And unsafe, and that then means that I, in my acting classes, have to work with <laughs> all the boys that want to be just like him and and are terrible human beings. <laughs> Which is why I do think it's because I mean, yeah, my two favorite. I mean, obviously, you know, we're gonna get a parasite in a second. Obviously, that's the most positive thing to take away from this. Yeah. But my personal favorite moment of the Oscars was actually his speech. Now, he's been on yeah. this role of three awards in the last few months. Mm-hmm. And each one, he's given different speeches, um, which have each been fantastic in yes. different ways. Yeah, yeah. But partly, I must admit, I have a destructive personality with this stuff. Not Hopefully not to just be destructive for the sake of it. Because, again, I really feel glamour needs to be destructive. Like, I, don't, mm-hmm. I have no problems with people celebrating this stuff and all this world. But no one should make as much money as all these people make. Um, and we, I, I have a real problem with glamour. I mm-hmm. really do because it's kind of like this gloating of of the world and the bubble that they all and you know mm-hmm. some of us like get to live in. 
Um, <clears throat> but anyway, so I, I love him because he's genuinely awkward about it. He did this wonderful interview about two weeks ago where he talked about why he hates awards and it wasn't from this kind of hollywood perspective of why he hates awards it was a very sincere place of why he hates awards and i think everyone should go and watch it and yeah like you say this was i mean it doesn't obviously make up for stuff but like you say that's part of what his speech was about was about how terrible he has been and how the support yeah. from people has helped him realize that and he wants to be better and set better examples and the only way we can all do that is working together and and not forgiving but helping to guide people mm-hmm. to become better people and be stronger and, and I, I thought it was a phenomenal speech that he gave. And then he starts talking about inseminating cows. And I know. <laughs> but, well, fantastic. that's whenever I was like, yes, talk about artificial insemination. Uh, <laughs> but I, I completely agree. And honestly, that really, because I, I, you know, going into this, you know, he's going to win all like it. The writing was on the wall. Right. And I was like, not happy about it for all of the reasons I've already stated. But him addressing it in his speech, I think, is really important. And. Because there are so many actors, and they're always men, that fall into a similar category, right? We've all seen the, like, footage of Christian Bale losing his shit on set and yelling at crew. Uh, That's what Joaquin has done before, like, and really shitty behavior. Like, that exists in the culture, and because their performances are allotted and transcendent, then it makes the bad behavior okay, and it's just not. That, Mm -hmm. it it is, in my brain, to me, it is just as bad as all the Harvey Weinstein and all of that stuff. You're putting your cast, your fellow cast and crew, and everyone working on a project in a terrible fucking position. and it's not that to me that's not acting that it like acting is repeatable <laughs> well when i'm back at la we're still we've been a long time planning to do um this different section of this podcast where we're going to talk about depression and stuff and you know same mm-hmm. industry and i'd love to t- talk about stuff like that as well i think we should get some other people because that's a large conversation again it is because i do think it, it strays into that not just actors but like a lot of directors and then painters and then musicians yeah. you know, a lot of them have been terrible people and that correlation between getting great results from being terrible and getting great results from being decent yeah. is a very interesting conversation i think well, we should and get into that, you know the myth of uh, right the myth that an <laughs> artist has to ha- ha- have pain and anguish and all of you know what i mean everything that has to go into that in order to create good art mm-hmm <laughs> And it's I mean, just, I think it makes it much easier for many people. And I think for me, well, again, let's not get into it. That's a long, that's yeah, a long that thing. That is to a get longer into. conversation. You are. <laughs> um, and, and Phoenix for sure is someone who obviously has many, many, many troubles. Um, yes. Which, yes. Which makes him a very interesting person and yeah. a very interesting actor. But well, um, and even the quote he had from his brother at the end was so lovely too. And was such a lovely reminder of, oh yeah, you are this hollywood family as well and what like that is um yeah and it it completely warped him yeah you know i feel like being around all the stuff we're talking about Mm -hmm. that the oscars kind of represents kind of warped his world yeah Um, yeah it made me feel so much more compassion for him oh yeah no definitely definitely but anyway well well, let's yeah let's do that separately um i do i do feel i have to I, i i said this on twitter um i'm i'm happy for him to uh I think yeah, taking away the knowledge of how people are I do think it's an excellent performance mm-hmm. um, 
and I'm fine with like that side of it. Um, but I, I do want to point out that he played basically yeah this exact same role in You Were Never Really Here in 2018, which is my right. personal favorite film of the decade. Um, and another mentally unstable person who's incredibly depressed, very alone, suffocating uh, from their past and it lives uh, and is looking after taking care of their mother and then goes on a sort of warpath of retribution that is very self-destructive but I would mm-hmm. say the pathos in You Were Never Really Here is handled far greater than Joker the end result of it is, is a much better message a uh, much more complicated message um, yeah. and I think he actually I think, equal, I think both performances are equally difficult for him but it's a much more subtle and interesting one for You Never Really Here um, and just a much better film a much yeah. better film I I, um, I completely so, yeah. I, like I have a lot of problems with the Joker again listen to our films of 2019 and all that but I completely agree you were never really here is to me the what he's winning the Oscar for I mean he's not but he is in yeah. my mind yeah he should be it's very frustrating I mean that's one of the next things with the Oscars like if you care about him at all it's frustrating that they can't because it's not loud enough you can't right. get recognized for films like that you know um <clears throat> Okay, what else do we want to touch on? I guess Best Director and Best Picture. Mm. Well, I mean, ish, you know, ish. I mean, what do you think about the switch from, because it's the first year it is to international feature film and not foreign feature film? Well, I mean, this is what I want to get to. This is why it was a loaded question before, because, yes, one of the big problems... Okay, so let's just say, Best Director went to uh, Bong Joon-ho for... Parasite, and then mm-hmm. of course Parasite won Best Picture, and mm-hmm. it won Best International Picture as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a beautiful rant that I sent to you of a man. <laughs> yes, he is a losing <laughs> he is his goddamn mind. He was angry. Now, this is the funny thing: is like, okay, so there's this guy on Twitter who I saw he then had to do like a message underneath saying, I'm "Really sorry if I upset people." He can't even like uh, string a sentence properly though in his message underneath. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense most of his his sentences, but he um. He was been not apologetic. He was like, "This is how I feel about it. I hope I didn't mean to upset people, though." And blah blah blah. And and he's on a tirade. And I think he kind of shows one of the worst sides of the internet with this stuff. Which mm-hmm. said everyone, unfortunately, good people. I think people who I think are much more open um, to the world then kind of turn on him and then it's all about like let's retweet this and call him a racist right. and all of this stuff. And maybe they're right, um, but then it turns into this thing where. You know, people then go and commit suicide because they're bullied from the, the left <laughs> too much on this right. stuff. Um, and when you really bury it through, it's like, I just feel like, obviously he has some issues, but he's also can't articulate very well with this stuff. He hasn't like, you know, thinking, he's not thinking through the stuff he's saying. And what he's really trying to say, his problem in the comments when he was mm-hmm. replying to people, the thing he was trying to say was he doesn't agree that a film can be basically nominated for international picture and then also mm-hmm. best picture mm-hmm. and the thing is that's a, that's a problem that the oscars has proliferated and i yeah. don't blame him for that well what he was actually trying to say uh, right in the core of it i don't really blame him for it because this is the thing i did like i took a little look and i don't think i got this wrong um there've only been in the history of the oscars 10 films um that are actual foreign language films there were a couple they counted as foreign language films but they were in english i was like i don't count those fucking films yeah, I mean, yeah. actual foreign language films that were nominated for best picture mm-hmm. um which has always been a huge problem with the oscars because what that means you're constantly saying to the entire world is like oh yeah no we're not saying that we want to again like actor and actresses 
We're not saying we want a special category for international or foreign or whatever to make sure, to ensure that some of these films that America doesn't pay enough attention to are getting paid attention to. Mm -hmm. We're saying by including any of them in Best Picture ever that, oh no, we would include all of you, but you're just not good enough. Right. Like everything we've ever nominated, every other film that, that the rest of the world has ever created is in contention for Best Picture at the Oscars every year. None of you, only 10 in the yes. history of the Oscars have been good enough to compete with, let's face it, mostly American, occasionally English movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always had an enormous problem with that. I've always felt that the international um, and foreign language category should just be abolished because while I'm happy, yeah, sure, it shines a light to things. Mm-hmm. I'm also like, they're not an accessory. This mm-hmm. isn't like every single one of these films can go toe-to-toe and should be judged as a peer. Um, and that's just something I feel overall with the Oscars, you mm-hmm. know, with this recent snubbing with Netflix and stuff like that. It's like, if a film gets released, I don't care where it goes. It's It should be in consideration mm-hmm. um, for Best Picture and everything else. Um, so I wish Best Picture was maybe, I don't know, maybe a little longer. Definitely mm-hmm. a lot more varied. Mm-hmm. And yes, it was a problem this year. That's the thing. Of like, I'm so happy Parasite won. It's a huge deal for yeah. the Oscars. It's a huge step forward. Um, and it's a big signifier, I think, to just helping Americans start to notice the outside yeah. world, uh, which is something we definitely need right now for everybody to notice yeah. the outside world more. Um, but I do think, yeah, there is a systematic problem there mm-hmm. with how this is set up. Um, because once it won Best International Picture, everyone's like, well, of course it's going to win that. It's not going to win Best Picture. That's why it's in both categories. Right. You know? So it was a big shock when it won. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that's for the good, but I also think they have to restructure completely. And I, and they won't. Right? They absolutely won't. Yeah, you know, I I agree with everything that you're saying in term in how um, there's a conflict here, right? And that you're saying all of these international films can't compete with the fucking Irishman and everything else that was nominated for Best Picture. Um, that is an American or let's just say English film, right? Mm-hmm. Um, English speaking primarily. I, for many years, this has not been an issue, right? Only in the last like 10 to 20 years do we really have a more global entertainment world um, in what we do now. And especially in the US, we're only like tiptoeing our foot into, wait, the one inch barrier of subtitles that um, Bong Joon uh, discussed whenever he won the Golden Globe, right? Um, So the foreign film category has been a service to highlight films that otherwise domestic audiences aren't checking out you know i think even roma last year because it was also nominated for best picture and best uh foreign film um and it was a netflix films too started also started to like open up that door for people and what i hope we eventually come to is that the Oscars, and well, and I guess this is a question we have to ask ourselves, right? Is the Oscars a primarily U.S. thing, and that is how it should stay, 
where we have a separate category with international and foreign film in order to elevate and bring that into a U.S. audience, but it is not the focus. Or, and because that's kind of how the BAFTAs are, right? You're only acknowledging um, British film, you know? Um, Or is this a global competition and we embrace the fact that it is a global award ceremony and make more space for those international films in the best picture category that's the question and ultimately at this point the the academy membership (laughs) is so is still old white men right that uh uh, aren't going to respond to an international or foreign film in the same way they do uh, an English film. They're just not an English-speaking film. Well, and but the problem is they just can't go backwards now. Like, yeah. Because Parasite won, it's like, okay, what are you going to do now? Yeah. Because like you say, they're not going to abolish it. And I completely understand the idea of keeping them separate. I don't think it's necessarily the healthiest thing, but like, sure, yeah. it has it has a, a purpose to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have to keep them completely separate. And they haven't. Yeah. I mean, and this has gone back like... I'm looking at it here, the list, it's like 1938 was the first time with The Grand Illusion. Hmm. Um, that got nominated for Best Picture, and that's a French film. Yeah. Then in 1969, you got Z, or Z, mm-hmm. which is French and Algerian. You got 1972, The Emigrants, 1973, Cries and Whispers, Il Postino, The Postman in 1995, which, by the way, is one of the greatest films of all time. Uh, 1998, Life is Beautiful, 2000, mm-hmm. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. 2006, they count this, Letters from Iwo Jima, because it's in Japanese, oh. but it's a fucking Clint Eastwood yeah, American movie. Right. <laughs> like, uh, 2006, we've got Babel, which also is like, mm, borderline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then you got a more in 2012, 2018, Roma, yeah, and 2019, Parasite. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means it's been going on this entire time. Just like every now and then, though, just like, just, you know, ringing its head, missing a decade here mm-hmm. and there and stuff. But it is increasing. Yeah, from 2000 to now, we've had nearly half of, of the ones that have been nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't know where to go from here. I mean, I don't, I don't. Uh, it's also just like, okay, fine. Who cares? Like, (laughs) what are they going to do? I mean, I don't think that there is a solution at this moment. You know, what I hope for is I hope that the film industry and by association, all of the Academy and these award shows that are here to acknowledge film, um, start to have a more global mindset, right? Like, one of the things I was thinking about last night and watching the telecast is like, oh man, what will the future hold in terms of like, is there the possibility of a global SAG-AFTRA actors union and things like that? So that these, so that all those incredible actors in Parasite, those Korean actors, that they have the same protections that we do whenever they're on set working and our Chinese actors or whoever you want it to be all over the world. Like that's what I would like to see us begin to evolve to is a more global and inclusive industry where we are acknowledging, you know, Bollywood films and we are acknowledging uh, Russian film, like everywhere. Um, in a real way and taking that in in a real way and part of that is i think looking at what are the rules to qualify for best picture right and the rules are that uh, i believe that they do specify it has to 
play in a domestic theater, in a U.S. theater for a specific mm-hmm. period of time, right? So then, and theaters are also dying in the U.S. <laughs> to some degree and yeah. not taking on... Um, as many new and interesting films that they can f- put butts in the seats with blockbusters. So can the Academy set up a private theater system uh, where we make space for these international films to be seen in smaller markets that they can qualify for best picture in a way that they just can't now because of yeah. those rules? But this is the problem, isn't it? It's like we're, we're then talking about trying to, like you say, fix something that can't be fixed because the Oscars aren't really there for what they appear to be right. there for. <laughs> like, no. They're there for this whole construct. Like, no one even has to prove. Like, we, you and I know many people who vote for these. Um, and they don't even have to prove that they watched it to vote. Like, yeah, it's, 100%. It's a completely fucked up system. Yeah. Um, so to try and fix it is kind of futile to begin with, but it can at least appear to be fair. That's the thing. Yeah. So, well, like, and, yeah, and I think it's going to be important from now on that they try to appear to be fair because people are going to be looking at this now. And what they've done yesterday was a very brave, very positive thing. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just going to draw more attention to this fact that, yeah, they're not playing fair most yeah. of the time. Well, and two, I mean, th- countries choose to submit these films to the foreign slash international category right like Mm -hmm. what would have happened if south korea was like no we know this is a best picture and chose not to submit it in the foreign internet exactly in the foreign and international (laughs) film category and said you can only acknowledge us in this frame i would love to see that happen right because then les mis would have certainly won i'm sure for international film and then that Mm -hmm. could have had more of a moment as well and shared that international love like how cool would that have been if if les mis won for international and parasite won best picture that'd be fucking cool (laughs) yeah oh absolutely uh, and that was part of my pain as well last night it was like i loved seeing all of them up there so excited with parasite like the mm-hmm. cheer joy in their face yeah. was wonderful but at the same time i was like i really i wish that you didn't want it that much because you're just mm-hmm. validating all of that stuff that hollywood's trying to sell not just america but the rest of the world right and just and there and you just kind of give them that satisfaction of like yeah see everybody wants this that badly yeah it's like they're doing fine and they're doing great. South Korea have been making some of the greatest yeah. movies. And I just did, if people want to like check some of it out, if you're not, if you're new to South Korean movies, I did a tweet on Mr. Al White and I did, um, and today is what day it is. So you can scroll back the 10th of February. Um, I did it on my Instagram as well, stories, but mm-hmm. it'll be gone. Um, you can make uh, it a highlight because yeah. I liked reading that. Oh yeah. Maybe make it a highlight. Um, yeah, I've genuinely, and I'm not saying this to be like, oh, cool, I've been into Korean cinema for ages, but I just have been into Asian cinema since I was about 20. Um, fuck, that just aged me, didn't it? Yeah, uh, But really anyway, for a long did. time. Well, uh, they don't know how old you are now. You didn't say I know, that I was, that about was to for say 30 today, years. But for a long time, for about yeah, 50 years. I've been, um, I've been into Asian cinema since I was about 20, so 60 years now. <laughs> I, can just, I can just edit all this out. It's fine. <laughs> um, but no, but I've been in Asian cinema for actually longer than, yeah, longer. But for, and since a long time, for like 15 to 20 years, basically. Mm-hmm. And I've been going on for a long, long time about how, Honestly, I think they make the best blockbusters because they have the right money. Mm-hmm. Not too much money, but a great amount. They have incredible technicians. Their movies look gorgeous mm-hmm. for the most part. Like some of the most sumptuous visuals. They don't use CGI too much. They use it to accentuate, not to go like crazy with for the majority. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are exceptions. They have some great actors. And their, their stories are long. Don't get me wrong. They have like normally a fourth act in Korean movies. So it feels a bit weird if you're used to Western films. But 
they don't adhere to like, oh yeah, this is a comedy or this is a thriller. Yeah. Or they, their films can just move back and forth between genres fluidly. And I would say Parasite didn't actually. Parasite, part of the reason I think it did so well for international audiences because it felt a little bit more Western. Yeah. Um, but most Korean films, they, they, they have that Western flavor, but then they'll just fuck with you. Yeah. And you'll just feel like, oh, I feel safe with this movie. And then an hour in something horrible will happen. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful because it just makes the world feel alive and real and not, and you have to be on your toes. Yeah. Um, but that's also hard for Western audiences, right? Because we want to know what we're getting into before we get into it. <laughs> sure no and i get that and i'm not i'm not disparaging that you know people yeah. who just want cinema for escapism and entertainment that's totally fine there's nothing wrong with that um but that's why i think korean some films so good they're like they found a balance between art house and blockbuster yeah. and they just kind of like walk in that line and i think when hollywood does things best they're walking on that line you know it's like yeah. when nolan makes his best films are on that line between art house and blockbuster yeah 100%. and korea's just doing it more yeah well <laughs> that's the thing that's important like you know parasite winning everything that it did my dad and my stepmom texted me and were like have you seen parasite (laughs) you know my dad in st charles missouri has not watched this film probably still will not watch this film but now because it's won everything and snubbed all of these other awards that and like huge names like it beat out scorsese and all you know what i mean there's now an interest in St. Charles, Missouri that never existed. And I just saw a Hollywood Reporter piece that they're re-releasing Parasite in theaters with a huge push now to get it out there. And that is great. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And uh, there's loads of... And what I'm really hoping is because distribution for Korea and films has been difficult as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, even on DVD and Blu-ray, not even just on, on streaming. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping now we'll start to find these titles easier to get come across because I have to spend stupid money to import these from places to get them yeah. with English subtitles and stuff. Um, but there are some fantastic films. And again, like, yeah, if you want a little setup stuff, um, go and check out my, my post and I, I list about... Well, I go for all of the main directors and a lot of their films. And then I list my top 10 favorite South Korean movies. Um... Okay, so I think we solved the Oscars. Yeah, solved, fixed, Basically, did it. That's all good. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything else I wanted to talk about there. No, not really. Um, yeah. People are angry. People are happy. You know, normal day on the internet. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, you know, fuck them all. Fuck them all, man. Fuck them all. You're going to die anyway. Yeah. Um, I was very People, happy for Jojo Rabbit to win Best Adapted Screenplay. That made me super happy as well. That is true. People also have to celebrate Taika Waititi yes. because he is also um, yeah, like in a position that normally wouldn't get Oscars. And it was wonderful to see him. And he's just a wonderful human being. Yeah. He's uh, oh, from everything. Uh, I obsessed. Him him. Oh, that's um, a, I mean, you know, Renee Zellweger, Joaquin Phoenix, they were such a lock in their categories, right? You knew that going in. And there really were far more surprises um and that you can't really say that for the oscars in general and then like the telecast though everything they did with the actual oscars show was so strange to some degree we might need to address that it seems very it felt very much like a youth grab like we're gonna have billy eilish do the in memoriam eminem comes out with the surprise lose yourself performance um janelle yeah, monet's late, opening late. <laughs> yeah it was all um 
Everyone's dressed up like Midsommar, but Midsommar didn't even get costume nomination. Right. <laughs> because and, the Oscars hate horror films. Right. Well, and, you know, something that I found really interesting in watching it, even from the very beginning, like Janelle Monet is coming out and doing this, like, crazy fun song that is clearly an original song. Um and they, she keeps going down into the front row and performing. And you have that whole first row where there's like a couple people that are into it. But then ultimately, it's like oh, these women who are dates of, you know, Leo's date, uh, someone else's date, whatever. They're just like sitting, looking so uncomfortable and hating everything uh, about what has happened like oh god audience participation i didn't sign up for this and <laughs> it is such a huge it was such an interesting dichotomy of like there is this fun and she's literally singing about being alive and that film makes you brings you alive and brings these stories alive that is the point of that song and then the audience is just has a stick so far up their own asses <laughs> that yep. and that's that's the problem right that's what has to change is this idea of of that prestigious film is better than or yeah. than anything well, not even else. Prestigious. It's like most of the people. That's what annoys most people. Like, yeah, you did fine, and you yeah. got paid too much to be fine, and now we're going to make you feel like you're a god. Yeah. And it's just so. It really upsets me on a, a such a deep, 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 deep level. Yes. Um, but I don't think it's going to change. Like the problem is, is like, and this is again a big conversation to get into. But it's yeah, just, humans have always needed people. Like you look at Grecian times. I was thinking about it today. I went. I went um, out to get some medicine. And as I was walking out, you like see all the images of like women in their bras and stuff, you know, in, in all of the shops and all this stuff and men in their underpants. And I was like, oh, it's really upsetting. We're still at that point where we all have to look at these things and feel like we've got to live up to these standards mm -hmm. and all that stuff. It's like, well, yeah, what the fuck do you think they felt in ancient Greece when they're looking at the statues of like carved, just like yeah. Athenians who looked phenomenal and like all of these heroes, like we've always just had it where we take like these specimens of whatever is in vogue at that time. Um, and everyone else is expected to kind of look at that and judge themselves by that. And the problem, yeah, with, with Hollywood, not just the Oscars, is that we perpetuate that through their, you know, through their egos of just like yeah. celebrating it constantly. Yeah. Um, and that's what I mean. It's like, A, if, if we to just get paid half, like easily. <laughs> like, well, like the industry shouldn't, like, not well, everyone, sorry, I but above know. a certain tier. Most yeah. of the people in that room. <laughs> let's say. I don't know. Not everyone that money is is really is even like the issue of it right it's the idolization that is the issue no to completely me. but that but but the, you can't like america the idolization of money tying into mm -hmm. idolization it right. is a huge part i mean it's one of the reasons you have trump at the moment but let's not yeah I'm going, I'm yeah that's that is a much deal. larger that is a much larger conversation but if he wasn't uh, if he wasn't the son of a billionaire Right. His chances would have been much, much lower. Like uh, the way Western audiences look at people who have money is, oh, these people are special. And it's, and it's, it, there's just a level of that where it's like, even if you just cut that in half, it's going to make them as well, their perspective. They can't live quite in the bubble like they do. You know, mm -hmm. you can't have airports at the back of, literally in the back of your house mm -hmm. like John Travolta has. Right. Just things that kind of bring people down a little bit more to you know like they'll still have plenty of money they'll still be fine and get to do things most people can't do but there's just a level where i feel like okay you're cut off now and you're floating away 
And the problem, yeah, with stuff like the Oscars is we're just like fanning it to float even further away. Right. And none of it's tying them to ground. And then they get on up on stage and say something that makes it seem like they're lost because they want to be more in touch with the ground. Mm-hmm. But we keep. But the entire thing they're doing that night is making it harder for them to be any more connected to the ground. You know, mm-hmm. it's so painful to watch. Like, I don't know, man. I will say, um, I vehemently vehemently oppose without having seen it or half the nominees the winner for animated feature because Jim Mahoney should have won for Klaus and granted he would not have won uh, because he was just a writer on it but um, it should have won I haven't seen Toy Story 4 I haven't seen Missing Link I haven't (laughs) seen basically everything except for uh, Klaus in that category and I would just like to come in ballsy and put put my dick on the table and say Klaus should have won for animated feature film having seen none of the other nominees thank you I'm just gonna say I haven't seen yet not many of the nominees as well (laughs) I I lost my body should have fucking won but whatever I know know. Uh, oh it is there oh it was nominated oh I didn't know that oh that makes me happy mm-hmm. that's a fucking strange one for them to nominate which makes it me even more maybe more angry because then you're like oh they know you exist <laughs> and they right. still didn't fucking give that's ridiculous anyway um something else that upset people and makes people happy is birds of prey oh yes and was it a fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn is that what it is something even longer yeah the maybe. fabulous emancipation of harley quinn there you go um yeah, now I think it just depends what circles you run, and this is the thing because I see certain films getting discussed on my Twitter when I go in there, mm-hmm. and it'll be like a crazy storm of opinions and people arguing with each other and blah blah blah. Um, and then I talk to someone else, and they're in a completely different bubble, right? Because <laughs> so there's the perceptions of films are so hard to get at these days. I feel because mm-hmm. just about who do you surround yourself with? Now this movie, how should we tackle this? Should we let's talk about our, our basic opinions on the movie first? Okay. Okay. Uh, without okay. going too crazy, but just a, our basic feelings on it. So people know where we stand on it. Mm-hmm. And then we can get into the problems with the movie in terms of why everyone's arguing uh, right. to do with the fact, basically, that it's it's sort of bombing, but how aggressive that word means for people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll get there. So why don't you say how you feel? Uh, yeah. So saw it Saturday. Um, excited to see it. James and I love Harley Quinn. Um, and I'm also a huge fan of Margot Robbie's portrayal of Harley Quinn. I think that she, in particular, is great um, as it. And that's what I left feeling, that she, playing Harley Quinn, is great. The movie, I felt, James and I both, we, afterwards, we were like, I don't know what I think about it. And I think it's because the movie itself, I felt, was good, not great. And it felt to me like um, you're trying to be Deadpool or you're trying to, like, take on the success of other similar type films. And I was also like, why is this Birds of Prey? This is not Birds of Prey. This is (laughs) like, why are we even messing with that? Because those storylines were... (sighs) my least favorite like everything that had to do with the birds of prey was my least favorite part of the film um it should have just been harley quinn (laughs) and let that be enough or allow them to use the sirens 
and really go at it because that's a far better cast of characters um, because you get to have Poison Ivy and Catwoman then as opposed to Black Canary, Huntress, um, and uh, what's her face? I can't remember. But you know what I mean? Like those are far bigger and more well-known and you can actually launch something here. It felt like a non-starter and it's interesting i would be interested to know like if warner brothers and dc put the brakes on how big this could possibly be from a creation standpoint from a production standpoint or if this was this was their big swing because if this is their big swing it feel it fell flat for me um like I said, I enjoyed the film, especially the fight scenes. I thought the fight choreography in it was fantastic. Um, and and I loved Margot Robbie's portrayal in it. And I also loved our villains. I was really sad that they were dealt with um, so quickly and easily. Because, again, it feels like our, my question about this movie in general is, are we building something here? Are you trying to build a Harley Quinn franchise? Because I totally think you could if you wanted to. Um, and it, and to me, the movie seemed like, no, we're not. So then what's the point? <laughs> um, those, are, those are my thoughts. Again, I liked the film. It's not that it was bad. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I think it's fun. All of those things. However, the bar is so high and where these types of films sit and it did not hit or exceed the bar for me yeah i mean i I think what the dceu is i mean look i I think people think i'm a marvel fanboy and always have to like you know say that i I do i i am i'm not gonna get me wrong there's Mm -hmm. more characters in marvel that i'm interested in than in dc but it doesn't mean that there aren't characters that i'm interested in dc and yeah most of them operate in the batman part of the universe Mm -hmm. um but they don't i i really 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 applaud them for taking chances and doing weird stuff Mm -hmm. like dc do weird things and i think sometimes it's on purpose and i think sometimes it's on mistake and i don't think they know what they're doing they certainly don't run their house as tight as marvel do for better and for worse as well um and but to like okay for for starters i think they should be massively applauded to have two adjacent characters joker and harley quinn Mm -hmm. in parallel movies that come out you know like almost on top of each other and are so incredibly radically different like i think that's quite incredible um again whether you hate or love the movies that's a brave thing to do and and i do applaud them for that um and yeah, when you're looking at it from like, because every podcast I've listened to talking about this is like, does the DCEU still exist? Like, what's happening here? They're claiming it does. They're claiming Robert Pattinson's yeah. going to be in the DCU with the Batman movie. They're claiming, mm-hmm. I mean, they're making the Suicide Squad right now yeah. with James Gunn, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but we know that most of those people from Suicide Squad aren't going to be in the Suicide Squad. Right. So it's like what, what and in Aquaman, uh, sorry, in um yeah, in Aquaman there are nods, uh, but it doesn't actually still fit with Aquaman story stuff from Justice League properly. Shazam tried to steer away from it, but then it had little nods here and there, mm-hmm. which is like, oh, this does technically still operate in the DCU. Mm-hmm. Like this is so fucking weird. Um, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four obviously is still going to be in it, but how much they're going to keep leaning into it, I don't know. Yeah. I think they're figuring it out. 
And yeah, I do think you're right. That's to the detriment. I think if they had a more focused plan, um, then it would do better. Mm -hmm. I also agree with you if they call this, like, I have no problem with the name. I think it's cool. But in terms of reaching people, Harley Quinn. Yeah. That's what you call it. Um, There's a big thing after, after Suicide Squad where Margot Robbie said, yeah, when we do the Harley Quinn movie, basically, it won't be just about Harley Quinn because she can't hold a movie up. Um, and I've heard people who are really, who can't take her for too long. They love her as Harley Quinn, but like, yeah, we can't take this character for the whole thing. Hmm. I'm the opposite. I yeah. found her definitely the most interesting thing oh, in the film. Oh, 100%. Give and me more. Yeah, the Birds of Prey aren't really in this movie. I went to this movie thinking this was going to be a big ensemble. Um, and about that group together for quite a lot of this movie they're together for the last 10 minutes of yeah. the movie if that five minutes um and like you say that no spoilers really but they overcome things very easily yes um and i love you mcgregor as black mask um i think he, he was the only actual laugh that i got in the film to be honest out loud laugh you know proper laugh mm-hmm. it was when he's his performance where he's describing the little shrunken heads yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like that was fantastic. i also loved chris i think it's chris messina that's playing zaz i thought he was great yeah i mean he's uh, the guy from newsroom uh yes yeah yeah he's cool i like him um but uh but yeah you mcgregor as black mask was like what is this and i don't even care about black mask but i was like but this is a fucking waste like yeah. n- nothing happens Com- nothing happens he puts it on just to agree. go like see i am this character and then it's who cares right um but that said i had a weird thing with this because yeah i gone into all right let's quickly go go through it but without a proper thing obviously okay. man of steel there are things i love about it things i really don't mm-hmm Batman versus Superman. I love the Batman moments in that movie. A lot of that movie's a fucking mess. It is such a um, mess. It's a real mess. Uh, Suicide Squad. I hate that film. Oh, yeah. I just hate it. Yeah. And I think it's it just gets I, worse and worse and worse. I feel like that is globally the reaction to that. <laughs> I mean, I know people who love it. Uh, fine. Uh, I think it's terrible. Yeah. Well, those people um, I question. <laughs> Everything. Uh, Wonder Woman. I get people love it. I have real problems with it. I think it's a fine film. I think it's totally fine. Uh, I really have problems with the messaging at the end of the movie I, and I, the whole CGI stuff. At the end I the love everything but the third act. I think if you, I would, I want to change everything about the third act of Wonder Woman, but everything up until the third act, I'm here for. That's how I, I felt totally about Wonder it. Woman. I can totally get Especially it. that first hour. That first hour, I am, I am here for. <laughs> See, this made is my thing. Cry. I'm just, it I'm made just, I think me because cry. I'm, I'm such a comic book fan. I've seen so many of these films. I'm just tired of all of them. So like when I yeah. see a setup like that, like even at the beginning of Wonder Woman, I'm like, this is fine. But I've seen it a million times before, but just not with a female at the least, you know? Right. And it's like, well, that's great. But also I've still seen it. Like I don't care what gender it is. So Yes. And, and I would argue as, uh, you know, this is why representation matters, right? Because as a woman in an audience, in the audience, I'm crying in that first hour because it is. Re- I realize I've never had the opportunity to truly see women in a superhero capacity like that, and that certainly mm-hmm. I can see myself in male characters, right, um, in, in their own way. But it is, it is just something different to see a woman doing that as a woman and it was very special um for me that being said still think the third act is a mess <laughs> but uh, but uh, but that's exactly what i mean like i think yeah. there's a big difference it's the same with black panther for me there's a huge difference between whether a film is important for its time mm-hmm. and necessary right and actually whether it's great and doing anything yes. new, you know yeah yeah there are big differences yeah um and then justice league 
not a hot mess. Yep. Uh, but I like those Batman bits. <laughs> yep. Yep. So yep. sad we never got that Ben Affleck Batman movie. I really am. Although Robert Pattinson's one of the best actors in the world. So yeah, I'm very excited for what he's going to bring to it. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Aquaman, which was so bad that I kind of love it now. Like, it's <sighs> so down that rabbit hole. This is just such a CGI mess of nonsense. Right. And, and Octopus playing drums mm-hmm. and Patrick Wilson in his... Not Patrick Wilson, sorry. Patrick... Um, no, Patrick Wilson. Oh, it's Patrick Wilson. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, you just... You yeah. couldn't... You forgot it was Patrick Wilson because it's That's such... So exactly. <laughs> it is so upsetting to see him acting so hard. Yep. With Being fins. Ocean Master and his Sailor Moon mask. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that's a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. But yeah. that's such a train wreck. I kind of enjoy watching Aquaman as a train wreck. Yeah, yeah. And then it's bright Shazam. and colorful and fun. Yeah. yeah. And then Shazam. Um, I just got bored. Like, I thought it was fine. I thought Shazam was totally mm-hmm. fine. I just got kind of bored, to be honest. Yeah, um, I mean, I love... Uh, the actor that plays Shazam, Zachary Levi, is that his name? Uh, yeah, yeah. L- yeah. I like him. I love him so much uh, in so many things that he does. And, you know, he's like trying to bring personality and fun to this movie, but like the movie itself is just a mess. So it's hard to do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, and Joe Crawford, I'm not counting as part of you know, no. this, this sort of section of DC. Um, so yeah, I went to Birds of Prey kind of scared because I was like, I loved Harley Quinn in, in Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yep. She's shot with a male gaze in that film, obviously. Yeah. Margot Robbie had made it very clear she wasn't going to be shot with a male gaze in Birds of Prey and mm-hmm. this is going to be a whole separate thing. Um, the trailers I saw made me kind of excited. Like yeah. I thought this looks cool and just vibrant. Looks like a tank girl, basically. Yes. Um, meth. Um, and I'm there for that kind of weird, just meths. Yeah. Um, and... This is the weird thing I like came out of it and I was like, okay, I have problems with this movie mm-hmm. in terms of I think it should be a TV show. Like this oh, yeah, I can doesn't totally see that. work as a movie for me. It's like the story is there is no story. Yeah. Um, they're just chasing a MacGuffin and I'm fine with that. Um, but that sets itself up much better for a series. Mm-hmm. It's so lopsided and just how it's told just kind of to be cool and kooky and, and get inside a head but it's like it doesn't really work and it would work better i think still as a series mm-hmm. um i uh, yeah again i think your mcgregor was underused i think the ending message didn't annoy me like most like most films that come out and are like yeah this is like female empowerment mm-hmm. i gotta be honest a lot of the messaging really annoys me yeah when you dig into it and you see what they're really saying this one, it did still annoy me. Like, I was like, from high alert from the first couple of scenes, I was like, I think I know where you're going with this. I'm yeah, going to yeah. be really angry. Yeah. And then they kind of go some weird places. And then there's a point where I felt really happy because it's like, oh, I don't think they care about the message. Yeah. I don't think they care about what the female empowerment message is. They're just having fun. And I was like, that's great. That's kind of the biggest female empowerment. I was like, no, yeah. we don't give a shit. We're just doing what we want. Um, but then it got to the end and there's... And they... The problem is, is they fucking, they try and get away with it, but backing on from it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's literally the whole thing of, like, you're a man and you've ruled through fear. And right. I'm like, oh, are they going to do the noble thing? What Captain Marvel should have done and they didn't because they were still too, they just want to get that punch in, you know? They yeah, want to yeah. get that fucking retribution. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm a woman and you should be scared of me too. And it's like, oh, great. So once again, the message is female empowerment for you can be as deplorable as the male characters, right. basically. Yes. Like, that's what the message is. Again, great okay cool i thought maybe you could be elevated above that <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. you could change things for the better not just join into the noise um and then what's really annoying is there's like a sentence one of them says just before they go into battle at the end where they're like you do realize that like 
like ven like retribution and vengeance doesn't actually like help anything psychologically yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they just sort of breeze on as if like cool we said that now let's now let's do retribution yeah. and vengeance. well harley says that because she's a former psychiatrist right so yep. and i did i loved those moments because there was a couple of them where uh, that part of her character sort of like comes out and she'll like explain something in a way that it's like oh yeah I forgot this character has a PhD in psychology <laughs> yes yeah um, well but and that gave me hope because when she said that I was like cool maybe they're gonna go for something more interesting but mm-hmm. no normal comic book ending um, yeah. but I don't think they hit that message mallet quite as hard as say Wonder Woman does and some other films do yeah uh, which I personally appreciated considering she was holding an actual mallet right yeah i i agree and um you know i was reading the the deadline article about this film one of the things that they brought up that i think is so interesting which can uh take us into whether or not this film is quote unquote bombing um is that this is an r-rated female-led superhero movie right um it is and that the r rating is really predominantly coming, as they pointed out in this article, and I think it's true, there's like some gratuitous violence, but it doesn't seem super aggressive in terms of what... That leg break is pretty aggressive. Yeah, that leg break (laughs) is pretty aggressive, and the face peeling, whatever, Mm. (laughs) that happens. But um, it's predominantly through language uh, that there's so many fucks, if you will. Yeah. Um, And so... What does that do for this film, making it an R-rated female-led superhero, not superhero, I guess, um, anti-hero story, right? And that you're cutting off at the knees so much of Harley Quinn's audience that can't get into an R-rated film. Well, and yeah, and we, okay, we're going to get right into the depth of that because that is very important. Um, Yeah. I don't want to say, like, um, my, my talent, my, my spiel was, this is probably my favorite DCU film. <laughs> this yeah. is the most consistently I enjoyed a DCU film because it had real character and a real flavor. And I might have had problems with it, but I liked a lot what it was trying to do. Yeah, um, it's, it's it super fun. it had a fun. to it, you know? It, it, yeah, I completely agree. It's super fun. I loved the scene, without giving too much away, I love the scene of Harley Quinn going into um, the police station that seems like so much fun where i what i wanted from it is uh because i found the storytelling really disjointed but not in a purposeful way and i wanted it to be disjointed in a purposeful way in that we're in harley quinn's brain (laughs) and so whenever they go back which i is lazy this is lazy storytelling. Stop doing it whenever you introduce a character and then go, oh, wait, I forgot to tell you about blah, 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 blah. Um, and go back and give me their whole like cutscene backstory. Ugh, that annoys but that's me. Them trying, I mean, I agree with you, but that's them trying to get into her brain. That Co- is them trying yes. to go, look, she's scattered and this is us being scattered like she is. But, but it's, it's like, yeah, as James, oh, are you just not a good enough writer? Right. Well, and as James and I talked about afterwards, he pointed out that also happens all over at these DC films. They are utilizing that. So we weren't sure if that was like a mandate from DC that this is how we want people to be introduced or if that's something they're yeah. choosing to do. And so I wanted them to go further into if we're in Harley's brain, let's be in harley's brain and it should be a 
fucking funhouse of ridiculousness. Like, I don't want you to introduce any of those characters because Harley wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. No, and I do think, uh, yeah, no, I agree completely. Like, they could have gone much, much further with it, but could they for the budget? I don't know. Right. Um, and I'd also say this director, Kathy Yan, like, yes. I came out and just really like impressed her because she's the only made one film before yeah. called Dead Pigs that is impossible to find. It's an indie film mm-hmm. that I think it, it won, was it a Sundance Award or something? It won something. They got him on the radar and it was an ensemble piece, you know? Um, and <clears throat> yeah, the, my favorite three scenes were the three action scenes in the police yeah. station right in the middle of the film, which I thought were fantastic. Um, so I'm good. not saying... This, this is this is i mean i wish you were bringing this stuff up and not me because i've just had to do the research on some of this stuff but i'm a guy so uh-huh. bringing this stuff is bad do it talk about it um, put that dick on the table look <laughs> to do the action scenes and there are different you can go into different things about where you get your information from mm-hmm. i read a whole bunch including interviews with these people mm-hmm. and then other people and blah 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 100 percent, they brought in chad stahelski to handle mm-hmm. all of the action scenes um he's second unit director he's one of the main directors as well not just second unit with david leach on the john wick series hmm. so when you come out of this thinking oh there's a john wick flavor to this is because they wanted a john wick yeah flavor to that it. makes sense and uh kathy ann had not directed action before and she was like she was just like she was working with their company originally and mm-hmm. then he said he would actually come in and help with the action scenes and that she was just lovely about it and just very open to it now i don't think that should take away anything from a director like making film no. is a collaborative process and if you want to make your film better by bringing in another collaborator fantastic mm-hmm. is it frustrating that it's a guy sure in a political time right now it's frustrating that a female-led movie with i think without knowing that information a lot of people came out impressed by those action sequences yeah. it's like look it's very hard to shoot action as well as they do in the John Wick films. And they do it because they're fucking stump performers for decades. Yeah. They know what they're doing. Um, and I think it was absolutely the right decision to bring him in. I do not think this should be fucking fuel to the stupid people online who are then like, oh, the only good bits in this film were done by man and stupid things like right. that. But yeah, there are accounts of during those scenes, he literally just took over. Like he yeah. would direct all of those scenes. Yeah. And I can believe it because they really do feel like John Wick. Mm-hmm. But I also think, you know, to a director's credit recognizing where they are where the second unit director right where he has more experience and more talent um in that specific field yes movies are collaborative experiences and they should be made collaboratively um and i really as you're saying this is her second film and it is huge it is such a huge jump i don't think warner brothers truly set her up for success (laughs) in giving her this responsibility so quickly and so um so soon not that she doesn't rise to the occasion and do a great job i think especially considering this is her second film it's fucking phenomenal (laughs) well that's what they do though isn't it like they'll pick someone who they think basically you have the right gender or right. age or race or whatever it is that we need uh to, but you're also you, you know we could see obviously you have talent in something yeah. that you're doing but also you're so small you're just gonna be happy to be here so we right. get to have full control yeah. and make sure it pull all those strings and sometimes it works for them like big hollywood companies and sometimes it doesn't um she seemed i don't know everything i read about here there were no big problems with her mm-hmm. on set like i don't think she caused them any problems and she again she seemed grateful to have him come in and help with these yeah. action scenes 
which other directors might put up a fight and go like, no, you're not, you know, you're mm-hmm. not getting someone to help me out with this stuff. Um, yeah, and I'm definitely more interested to see what she does next. For yeah. Sure. But here's, okay, so, but here's the thing. Oh, by the way, the one thing I did hate was the Black Canary singing. I thought it was oh, really I hate, I honestly, Black Canary in general was my least favorite part of this film. That and as much as I love Rosie Perez, Rosie Perez's character, I also did oh, not love. Yeah. Mainly because they put her in a fucking t-shirt that's like, I shaved my balls for this for half the movie. I and know. I was like, guys, I need you to be smarter and better than something so schlacky. <laughs> I agree. I'll be completely honest. I mean, I love a lot of these actors. I love Mary Elizabeth Winston, oh, but yeah. I didn't think she was amazing in it. Like, I thought no. she was fine, but well, she doesn't have any really much to do. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, but I do think she did a great job of finding the really subtle humor of her character in that, like, her character has no real socialization. Um, and there were yeah. some of my, like, genuine laugh moments were from Mary Elizabeth Winstead, right? Like, just not understanding how to be a person in a group. <laughs> Um, she has like what 10 lines in this yeah movie. she's she's got nothing uh, uh, but like that's what i say like the birds of prey were the least interesting part of this film and i think that that's fine i just wish they i wish they had leaned into it being harley quinn's the yeah. emancipation of harley quinn and we had that harley quinn story and this little kid would be fine by me like yeah. the, the kid was cool like their dynamic was fun yeah just had that be most of the movie um and I love the, the storyline of her trying to figure out who she is whenever she is not connected to the Joker. I think that that's great. Oh, that's great. I, I think they're very smart to not do a frame of the Joker. I mean, we get the back of you know a green head once, right. but like to never show the Joker. Not yeah. just because they can't, because they're like, well, who should we cast for this now? Yeah, yeah. But also, and never have any Batman. I think it's very wise to all that stuff and keep it purely about her. Yeah. Um, as a fun little side note before we get into the the problems the box office problems with this um this is just for you and me but Great. uh yeah there was a script i wrote a while ago which um had a lot of the same flavor as this um and some of the same MacGuffin ideas and um i remember when the the costume test footage the first thing from buzz break came out which is them standing it in costumes mm-hmm. and it was the four uh women Mm-hmm. and they had like the baseball bat and mm-hmm. all this stuff going on and i sent it to our manager because i was like you kidding this is like just like the stuff that we did yeah it is <laughs> the thing it was kind of crazy and then i'm watching this film i'm like this is the exact flavor and the exact style that we were aiming for yep. with that project yeah and it even had two of the exact songs that i'd written yes, into the script it for did. this as well and i was like this is we were we were way too <laughs> way too early and late at the same time <laughs> although then i see the box office for this and hey ho um, yeah, it just I think that this is just for everyone to know um, that Al is clearly Al and I. I'm going to include myself in this. Are prolific, yeah, yeah, we developed that together. Are yeah. prolific. <laughs> that we could have made a fucking box office bomb, right? All right, Hollywood, hundred percent. We've got bombs listen on bombs up. on bombs. <laughs> and we wouldn't have shot it as well as a John Wick dude, and we wouldn't have yeah. done it as well <laughs> as Kathy Yan put it. None of it. Nope. We could have made a much worse, much worse box office bomb. Yep. Um, anyway, now you've already said the reason. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. This movie's not doing great. And my world on Twitter are people who generally tend to love this movie. And that's great. And then they want to stand up for it a lot more because it's then getting, you know, it's not doing so great. That's mm-hmm. great. I love the, the people I surround myself with stand up for the underdogs. They can stand up for it maybe sometimes too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And there is a thing... Uh, 
here where people are kind of like doing all of the, the blame reasons because right. it's all about women and they're like it's not about women it's because month that it came out or the budget that it's in or because it's r-rated or because of all of these things people are talking about the month that it came out let's get very specific oh, here yeah. for a second. there is you've mentioned it there is an exact reason for why this film exists and it's called deadpool yeah this film only exists because of deadpool yes and this is not like you know us just assuming this is common knowledge like this is why this film does Mm -hmm. what it's doing they wanted to replicate what happened with deadpool for instance what other film recently has broken the fourth wall has animated sequences self-referential humor extreme violence scattered storytelling technically a side character from a bigger universe Mm -hmm. albeit here we're getting she's already starting one Mm -hmm. it's r-rated and when you're talking about what month it was released on is released on the exact same weekend uh, that's how precise they were following that formula and also is about you have to save the child in deadpool 2 yep yeah in deadpool 2 yeah exactly mm-hmm. but i mean this is like two i mean sure the years change so it's off by about four mm-hmm. days but this is the exact weekend that deadpool 1 came out that's how much they're trying to copy this and if you think oh but what about the budget because birds of prey is 84.5 million well, Deadpool 1 was 58 million. Yeah. Deadpool 2 was 110 million. Mm-hmm. You go exactly, and I mean exactly in, in between those two, mm-hmm. 84.5 million. Um, yeah. So that's the reason for why they've structured this. It's been proven it can work. The stuff that this film came out going up against, basically just the lodge in the US, which, by the way, it's probably, well, I don't know. We'll see how well that does. Um, but that's pretty much all it was opening up against. It's not really a competitor. Uh, the week prior, it had the rhythm section, which also, is the biggest bomb of all time. Yeah, I was going to say, now. not a competitor. <laughs> Five million worldwide on a $50 million budget. That's, well, that, of I mean, that's course the, that's it is. Bomb. Like, that's you can watch a trailer and go, this is terrible. And Blake Lively, I mean, potentially, having not seen the film, terrible. <laughs> but that's no, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Yeah. I haven't seen it. And I will actually check it out now because I'm always fascinated when something bombs that bad. Yeah. And Gretel Hansel came out the week before, which I've heard is fantastic, but that's not doing great. Like, yeah. it's doing okay, but not great. Um, and yes, I agree. We have to be careful. It's like, people love to go, this is a hit. This is a bomb. And mm-hmm. they're the only two places we separate things into. And right. I don't think that's fair. Now, people uh, who are talking about this movie going, well, look, it's not doing that bad. Let's look at it, shall we? Opening weekend domestic, $33 million uh 33.2 uh million dollars it opened in 4236 theaters so if you're going to get into the theater count Deadpool one opened in 3558 theaters Mm -hmm. so this has opened in more theaters got more chance to make money by about 800 or whatever Mm -hmm. uh opening domestic weekend again 33 million the opening weekend domestic of deadpool a much cheaper film 132 and nearly a half million Mm -hmm. dollars that's domestic Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. These movies can change around. Aquaman internationally made a ton of money. It started off really bad for DC and then ended up making over a billion. It's their only film to make over a billion. Mm-hmm. Um, so things can change, uh, but not when you're starting off in this place um, and not not like, I mean, this was projected to make over 100 million originally. Then it dropped it to 45 mm-hmm. and then it hasn't even hit that mark internationally this has only made 48 million so it's brought it to around 81 million in its opening weekend so that's what a defense a lot of people are coming out going look it's 84 million film it's made 81 million worldwide opening weekend that's pretty good right here's the secret with the hollywood industry people 
They're not going to tell you the budget because they might tell you the budget. It's going to be rounded down. Mm -hmm. They're not going to discuss the marketing and the marketing is almost always the same amount again, if not more. Yep. And sources close to this production, and this is on the lower end of what people are saying. Mm -hmm. The sources close to the actual production are saying that in order for this movie, in order for Birds Prey to break even, it has to make $250 million. Yep. It's not going to, obviously, for a while. Mm -hmm. It will. Yeah, of course. It'll, it'll, um, it'll get there. Yes. So when people are saying, when people are saying this is, this is a bomb, mm -hmm. I agree. It's not a bomb like the rhythm section is a bomb. Right. Um, I agree. We have to be careful with how we use aggressive words like that. And I agree that when people then come out, and I've, re I've read some beautiful articles from people that I respect and love in my Twitter community and critics and stuff who are like, this is why it doesn't matter that they made this much money and blah, blah, blah. And I get what they're saying from an emotional point of view. Yeah. From a point of view of how it can change do good things to filmmakers and, uh, you know, a as part of just the franchise. In terms of Warner Brothers looking at this, it really, really does matter. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a bomb as far as they're concerned. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the slope of the DC films and what they make in the opening weekends, it's been on a downward spiral constantly since I think it was Batman v Superman. I've mm -hmm. got it somewhere. Um, and they're going to take that very, very seriously. And obviously when something like Aquaman manages to turn that around, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll pay attention to that and see why that happened. Um, normally China. But yeah. this is the problem. This movie can't make that money in China. Nope. This is an R-rated movie. Yep. They don't play R-rated movies in China. Mm -hmm. And if they do, they heavily, heavily edit them. They're not going to bother with this one. No. Almost guarantee it. That's a huge problem. It is a huge problem. Well, and I think that that is, that is part of the problem with this film in general. I, from just a marketing perspective of how they have placed this film i do think coming out on this weekend is not favorable to it i think you are because even deadpool uh came out on valentine's day weekend right it was february 12th the original deadpool i don't know why whenever harley quinn like her whole character is wrapped up in this joker love story why from a marketing perspective you don't take valentine's day being on a friday Absolutely. domestically and use the shit out of that that especially if you're doing an r-rated version of this movie you have to i think that is a huge miss on their part in uh, placing and promoting this film and you know not for nothing pointing out the Oscars were this Sunday and that's a huge draw that this what you want to draw with this film is a adult female audience right that's what they're trying to draw well the Oscars draw a largely female adult audience on a Sunday night so you just killed one of your days too uh, thinking you're going to capitalize on Margot Robbie being in this film and her also being nominated like no you've killed one of your days um, so now you only have Friday, Saturday for your opening weekend. I guess Thursday-ish, Friday, Saturday for your opening weekend. You've just destroyed one of your days. Um, and you killed a, a great marketing opportunity for yourself. I also think it is a... I don't think this movie should be rated R. And I don't think they should have gone for that. Um, for the reasons you just stated of you're killing your China market. Although that could have potentially not been there anyway. Because, you know, they don't love women. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and also to be fair, right now China's in lockdown because of the coronavirus, right. so no one's going to the cinema. Right, so exactly. Uh, so China market is neither here nor there. But especially 
for these female-led comic book films, I think it, there are so many girls that fucking love Harley Quinn. I loved Harley Quinn in high school, and I couldn't have gotten into this movie <laughs> and would want to go see it. And I think you're shooting yourself in the knees in trying to follow what Deadpool did because adult that movie was made for adult men, right? And you want to make a movie for adult women <laughs> in the same vein, and I just don't think that audience is as prevalent. There are less of me in the world that are interested in that sort of thing then there are any fucking bro that will go and watch deadpool i agree i mean obviously yeah deadpool's gonna going to um and it was the first time we'd seen deadpool right let's forget wolverine origins the first time we'd seen deadpool properly in cinematic form so that was a big thing and yeah you're definitely going to appeal much more to male audience in terms of it's it's it is constant i do know a lot of women to be fair who love deadpool because they love ryan reynolds so i think they played that casting really well right was like you know it was like yes sure i'm happy to go to see ryan reynolds and and they did kind of sell like deadpool one is actually much more of a romance than people i think mm-hmm. give it credit for like the yeah. romance is at the core of that he's doing all of it for a woman well and the marketing um, for that film was very because it was valentine's day weekend very yep. valentine's day heavy so like if you are copying deadpool like give it all give it all or nothing <laughs> And and the thing that I love about this film, which is Harley Quinn about, you know, dealing with a breakup, yes. I think it's great. I agree with you. You've got a better chance if you aim at Valentine's. Is it going to hit as strong? No, no, because unfortunately, people like to be sold the lie yeah. <laughs> of a nice, romantic, fluffy film. And even though Deadpool was not a fluffy film, there are elements of it that really were. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I think there are ways, yeah, you're right, push it to the next weekend, change it just to being called Harley Quinn, because yeah. that's a name people know advertise it i thought the trailers were fine to be fair but like yeah but they're not the smartest like advertise it to do that valentine's thing be an alternative to valentine's i don't think you're still gonna you know this film's not gonna make the money like deadpool still yeah um but i do think you definitely could have had a a higher swing i mean how do you not have an advertising of harley quinn being like oh are you alone on valentine's day too and like fucking up some dude or whatever (laughs) and and saying like come join me (laughs) like it's it's there you just left it on the table yeah no i agree you want groups of women wanting to go to this film. Yes. So, so we looked around as well. Like, um, again, we're in our bubbles. So I posted in our We Are Geeks group mm-hmm. who has gone to see this movie. And if they didn't, why didn't they go and see it this weekend? Um, Shannon Hollander, I saw Birds of Prey. Yeah. I hate women, but I love birds. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adrian said, I didn't see it. The reason why it's because he's uninterested, didn't know it was being released and not on his radar. This is the man who is, works in the film industry in LA. <laughs> yep. You should be shot. Um, Adrian, Alexander shot. Ch- <laughs> Dead to me. Disgraceful. Alexander Chard said, I did not see it. Um, his reason was not enough time and there were just other movies out that he wanted to see. Like, I'm intrigued. In what I mean, I just, only 1917 and Little Women that's currently playing the in theaters. That's, yeah, I guess I mean, that's to be it. fair... The film that no one thought was going to like go gangbusters, which did, was the new Bad Boys film. That I, film has made so much money. Yeah, it it's has. Stupid. Well, I will say James's. We have not seen it, but that is he's very excited for that because he loves him some Bad Boys. I mean, the problem is it makes so much money now. Even I'm interested, and I do not like Bad Boys. Yeah. Oh, he made um, me watch it recently. It was interesting. Anyway. <laughs> Christina Masterson said, "I didn't see it. Her reason is I haven't even heard of it." 
Oh, but that's well, Christina. That is Christina. <laughs> that's true. That's true. She's under a rock somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if she has heard of it, she'll forget about it. Yeah. Uh, Allie said she hasn't seen it. Um, and her reason, which I thought was very interesting, was she hasn't seen the first one. I didn't feel like I'd missed out. So I didn't feel like I needed to see the second one. Oh, like she hasn't seen Suicide Squad? Well, it's essentially, yeah, Suicide Squad poisoning the well right. a little bit, which I do think that's a big part of this. It's like, even if you like Harley Quinn, people were burnt with Suicide Squad. Right. Like, do I really want to do that again? Yeah. Uh, Sean said he hadn't seen it. His reason was because Ali didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, Sean. <laughs> um, no. Uh, oh, oh, actually, sorry. And then, and then he said, actually, just kidding. It's actually because it was too violent. It looked too violent. Interesting. Well, listen, uh, Sean has a delicate sensibility. He does. Katie wanted to see it, but she was just working. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Haruka Abe said that she hasn't seen it. And she said the reason is she doesn't think it's out in Japan yet, which is where she is. And she's on a job right now being yeah. a fucking superstar. So Yeah, she is. You do? Um, and then I did a little poll on Twitter. We had not that many votes because I've literally put it up just before we started this podcast. So we've got 13 people, 85% of my Twitter people have watched it. 15 people, percent of people have not. And the only person to explain why said, um, I was trying to make plans to go with friends and she said that it didn't work out. And then lastly, on the old tweets, uh, sorry, on the old Facebook. Because like, again, these are bubbles. These are people who I know are good people. They're not people who aren't going because it's got women in it. Or right, right. like that, which I appreciate. There are some people who are like that. Jerry Smith, he went, loved it. Uh, Mark Watson, Katie's brother, said, I didn't go because I'm scared of birds. Mm, that makes sense. Uh, Laura Drummerick said no because she fell asleep and missed the movie because she's a grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jessica Ship said no. I uh, said I didn't want to make time. <laughs> which i said is there a reason why you don't want to make time this is by the way of someone who works in a wonderful cinema uh, in knoxville that everyone should go check out called central central cinema uh she said sure she just had too much going on, on the weekend that she needed to get done i said can you confirm you don't hate birds or women she said yes i confirm i don't hate either so they mm. Mm. uh michelle aguito my my friend said i just wasn't interested in spending money for the experience Ooh. so i guess you'd pirate it Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Jamie good old Jamie Housen my old friend he said I'm not interested I still haven't seen Suicide Squad mm-hmm. see we're getting some tangents here of people like oh I missed the first one yeah. or I didn't like the first one why would I see the sequel mm-hmm. um, and then Craig Coban our friend and critic said I saw it I liked it a lot but with some caveats people can go and read his review I'm sure he'll mm-hmm. have that up on his site so in our little demographic does seem to be not enough time other stuff I want to see or just yeah like why would i see this when i didn't like the original or i haven't seen the original yeah well and i think uh, a general disinterest right that i think is based off of a poor suicide squad showing because that put a bad taste in people's mouths and also a really poor marketing plan um both of those things are a lot of the problem here because the film itself as we were talking about is fun i will be interested to see if uh, how how time a little bit of time and space treats this film um at the box office we'll see because i would 100 recommend people to go see it 
Yeah, I know. I am absolutely like I'm saying. People look, I've got some problems with it, but nowhere near as much as I normally do with these movies. Yeah. And this is this is my favorite. I yeah. think. And to be clear, Suicide Squad is the second biggest opening mm-hmm. of a DC film. Mm-hmm. Like Batman v Superman, 166 million in its opening because let's face it, it's got the words Batman and Superman in the right. title. Suicide Squad made 133 million. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Man of Steel 116, Wonder Woman 103, Justice League 93, Aquaman 67, Shazam 53, and Birds of Prey 33. Mm-hmm. Like it's just slumping, slumping, slumping. So please do, if you are listening to this, and I don't know why you would listen to this if you haven't seen it, but I guess there's plenty of people just don't care. They're apathetic. So like, yeah, mm-hmm. why not? Hope we haven't spoiled too much. I don't think we have. I don't think we have. Um, but go check it out because it's definitely worth seeing. Yeah. And I think like I, I don't love all the performances in it but it's just it there's something just refreshing about it mm-hmm. it feels fun and it, i think it is you know with one of the things james and i were talking about after seeing it and not that captain marvel and wonder woman are in the same field because those are superhero films right and this is your anti-hero but in terms of like com- female-led comic book characters i honestly think i enjoy birds of prey more than either two of those films um because there is something so much more fun harley quinn as a character gives you so much room to play and do like kooky crazy things and the moments in the film where they capitalize on that i think are by far the most successful and it there's something that feels really refreshing about it you know in a world where comic book films are predominantly very virtuous (laughs) um and or like just we're pandering to china schlacky (laughs) um Mm -hmm. there's something really refreshing about having a female anti-hero that um feels both aggressive and fun And no, I agree absolutely, and I think that's going to be the strangest thing. Is normally we'd get to this point, and then we go, "Well, where do they go next with this?" Considering mm-hmm. the mistakes they made, um, they go through the Suicide Squad. It's filming right now, yeah. and it's uh, it's fucking James Gunn. We all know how the flavor he's going to give to something yeah. like that. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a good movie. Yeah, like basis, it's got to be good if yeah. it's James Gunn. A hundred percent, it might be great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I blame that's Warner going to be fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's gonna be fascinating. Like, how do they fold her into that mm-hmm. from here? Yeah, and I don't know. We we I, I shall see. But I would I'd like to ask, tell Warner Brothers, hey, I'm available <laughs> to be a prey. <laughs> uh, to be a well, to be a prey, or even just like you know, who the fuck came up with this yeah. marketing plan? Because you like you, they, I really feel feel Warner Brothers, whether they did so intentionally or not, made choices that have buried this film as i feel like they often do <laughs> with especially these dc films i don't I think oh man it's a lot of money it is that's what i mean i'm i'm on the other side of it i'm looking at those like those dates and the money and all of this stuff and like you say the plot points and i'm mm-hmm. like i think they're calculated i think they're very calculated like we think right i mean again they they projected this was going to make over 100 million yeah. to begin with. Well, and, and I think keep their it. calculations were stupid and they needed to look at a goddamn calendar I agree. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right. Anyway, <laughs> your calculations were stupid, but Warner Brothers, I'm available. Thank you. I mean, we in, a, in about we just recorded actually next week's podcast, which is Chopping Mall, and in that, you know, spoilers for that podcast. But 
they released that movie as Killbots and it bombed. Right. Um, and let's be clear, it wasn't the hit, but for the budget, you know, mm-hmm. the budget ended up doing well because they then pulled it and re-released it as Chopping Mall. Right. And just that one stupid marketing thing, that one perception in the in the public's mm-hmm. eye made all the difference. Yeah. And that is terrifying. And I think it's terrifying with Birds of Prey because you look at it, if I sat down and I watched that movie, I'd be like, this is great. This could do really well. Don't mm-hmm. know how well, but it's going to do well. And then, yeah, you look at the poster, that painted poster. Yeah. Goes, fucking it's cool. Great. And then you look at the trailers, you go, yeah, it seems fine. You look at the window, yeah, similar to Deadpool. Like, just at a glance, everything looks there. Yeah. To be a, a decent success. Yeah. But then all those little details potentially make the difference. Yeah. Um, I do think, yes, we can't underplay the fact there there is a hopefully small, but a percentage of stupid men who won't go and see this film just because it is a female-led, you know, um, ensemble piece. Well, like, I mean, I remember I saw a thing just before it came out. And no one had seen it of these guys just going like no one's gonna go see this movie because you're making movies for guys and no one wants to see a movie for guys where the girls don't look sexy in it and they're citing all the stuff from the trailer where they're like you know she's pouring like the cheese whiz mm-hmm. in her mouth and stuff yeah. like that which afterwards i was telling tom this and he was like you fucking kidding me and i was like well no and what's even more annoying about that is like obviously none of that should matter anyway but it's like even if it does sexiness is very subjective yes yeah. <laughs> so 100 like, i find like, the cheese whiz very sexy sexier. Yeah, like anything for me that makes a woman seem more approachable and relatable yeah. is sexier. Like as soon as you put them again in that glamour spot, I'm like, this is just, you're trying too hard. It doesn't do it for me personally. Yeah, well, and that's what I loved Harley Quinn's costuming in this because it felt very like a child went through a th- the craziest thrift store and just chose all the things she thought was the most fun. And that is, that's Harley Quinn. That's how she would make choices right um absolutely and you know listen all the men that don't want to see this film because they're just uninterested in a female-led um ensemble like this or a female-led comic book film um you're gonna die alone i i I hope you die alone so (laughs) Go off and, and I don't, die oh, like, alone. I also, look, honestly, I believe very strongly, and again, this can feed into our, when we get to that conversation about people's mindsets and how to Right. Run. I don't believe anyone creates their own monster. I believe, you know, we are in a simulation of things, and I feel very sorry for people like that. It's like I was yeah. watching, I sent you that thing of that guy ranting. Yeah, yeah. About, oh, he's about losing Parasite his fucking winning. mind. And the reason for that is like, I just like watch it. It's like, I can't not smile at this, and I hate it. I'm not, I don't know yeah. what you mean. But it's also like, I just... A, it's just because it's so ridiculous. It's like yeah. people with opinions like that to me. It's like, I'm not going to call them out on Twitter. I'm not going to get into a debate with it. Because honestly, like, and I always believe communicating is better. I do. But Twitter's not the place to do it. If I knew right. them in person, I would sit down and I would talk to them and try and do some like gradual therapy because you have to deprogram them. They've yeah. been programmed a certain way by their environment, by school, by the parents, by mm-hmm. all of this stuff right. to think this way. And it makes me feel very sad for them. And I've been programmed for certain things, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and I hope people will try and curate me better. Um, Don't worry, they're going to die alone. Yeah, and and well, we all will probably die alone. But they'll die alone not having seen some fucking cool films. Yeah, 100%. They'll die alone um, and unfulfilled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Shannon, thanks for joining me. Oh, um, thanks for having me, Al. You are so welcome I just, anytime. You, you know, got to tell moment. so many people that, to die alone. So that makes me feel great. It's great, yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I'm Mr. Rawai on all of those social medias if you do want to see that Korean list and stuff like that, and also on the Xbox and the PlayStation and things. If you want to tell Shannon why women should only be sexy in movies mm-hmm. and not cheese whizzy in movies, mm-hmm. then you can yeah, send me a I message. Would, uh, I, I, I welcome uh, your dumb opinions because you, <laughs> you're wrong. Because you're you're just plain wrong, but you can uh, you can reach out to me on the Instagram uh, at Shannon Hollander or on the Twitters at uh, my fave Shannon. Although um, as is consistent, I don't really participate in the Twitter. I have one. Um, I did retweet once a, a podcast post that you put up the other day, and I was proud of myself. Well, I think that is. Well, um, the second tweet I've had in uh, a year, so excellent time well spent. Yep, yep, Glad yep. I the demographic. Uh, but you know, feel free to tell me about your shitty opinions on uh, Twitter, where I won't listen to them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't laugh there and I just let it go cold and then we just cut off, it'd be a really just like unsettling end. Yeah, it really <laughs> would. <this> podcast. <laughs> really, I'm gonna laugh. And really, help you out. Well, listen, they just uh, had to spend <laughs> an hour and a half listening to my potentially shitty opinions. So you know, tit for tat. I know it's great, isn't it? We just got a one-way conduit. No, no one gets to answer us back. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I prefer that. Perfect conversation. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Do tune in on Friday, where we won't be talking politics or any of these, or any of our opinions on the things that actually matter. We'll just be talking about fucking what are we talking about phenomena. Yeah. Phenomena. Or creepers. Phenomena. Geeks. Geeks.